On this episode of the podcast, we talk to Tom, otherwise known as the legendary 117. He's one of the world's largest Halo collectors. He has a huge social following on his Twitch, and his Instagram, and his Facebook. Can't wait for you guys to meet him, get to hear his journey, traveling the world, running lands since a young age, and what he's looking to do now. We also delve a little bit into his relationship with the Mrs. Legendary 117. The guys actually met while playing Halo Reach, and I absolutely love their love story so hope you guys enjoy and remember at the end of the episode to share any of your thoughts with me in the comments and you can reach us at all the links that are in the description i hope you enjoy all right hello and welcome back guys it's liam hydras and your here we've got a fantastic guest for you on this episode of the podcast. We're going to be talking with Tom, always known as The Legendary 117. And if you haven't heard of this guy, you're going to be really glad that you tuned into this episode of the podcast to catch what he's about, because this guy is an absolute legend, not just in the sense that his name is The Legendary 117, but also he's a guy that's been bringing people together from the Halo community for the last two years. I'm super excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit more. He's a streamer, a content creator, he's an avid Halo fan, and a Halo collector as well, as you can kind of see in the background there uh, but we're going to go through get to know tom a little bit and uh hopefully there'll be uh some insight into what it's like um being a content creator i mean you just had streams recently where you're having over 100 people in there consistently which was awesome so it'd be good to talk about that but take it away tom is there anything we missed there is there anything else you want the people to know yeah that's pretty much it lifelong halo fan i've been playing since 2001 um we've got one of the world's biggest halo collections with the crown jewels being life-size statues of halo reach's noble team um, there's only two complete sets in the world. We've got one, and the other set is with Microsoft uh, HQ up in Redmond, Washington. And I actually met my wife through Halo as well. So you could say it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal here. <laughs> yeah, wow. I can't wait to hear all about those stories. The first thing that I want to know, where, where do you keep the life-size Noble team? Like, that's going to be like a full room thing, doesn't it? It's, it's a full room thing, yeah. Um, I won't say where exactly they are at the moment. Um, we'll just say another location that uh, we currently own, but um, they will soon be under the same roof. We've actually got a total of nine life-size oh. statues, so Noble Team's five of them. Um, the Muckle here is, is the sixth, and then we've got three more um, of the, I guess, the technically the United States version of the Halo 2 life-size statutes, the Master Chief holding the, the two SMGs there. So they take up quite a bit of real estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. But so that's the type of thing that like eventually you want to have in like your house. Like you've got like a spare yeah. or garage for it. Yeah, the um, we're actually house hunting right now. We're trying to find a house that's got a either a garage or a basement that's going to be big enough to, to house the entirety of our, our Halo collection. And yeah. the goal is to try and go for something like what 343's got with their Halo Museum. Um, mm -hmm. We've got quite a bit of stuff, but um, it won't be quite to the same caliber that they've got it at, but yeah. we're, we're going to try. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything that you're missing from the collection that you Oh, man, we're missing a ton of stuff. I mean, everything from just little pre-order cards and stuff that were from uh, like Target and Walmart and other places you could pre-order games to some of the bigger pieces like the um, Sideshow one-to-one -one bus. There's a red one and a blue one. They only made like 250 of each one. Um, anytime they come up, they sell for like $2,000. So it's like, you're not on that, like the second it hits online, somebody else is going to get you to it. So yeah, we're, we're, we're missing a whole bunch of stuff, but that's, uh, that's part of the fun of being a collector. You know, it's that, that thrill to hunt. Yeah. Is there, is there one thing that you're constantly on the hunt for? Like, is there one thing that you, you need for the collection? Mm, 
probably those two busts, the the red bust and the blue bust. Those have been eluding me ever since I started collecting, really started collecting better part of 10 some years ago. It's had plenty of opportunities, but either when it comes up, either somebody snatches it before I have the chance or just can't justify spending that kind of money on pieces. So yeah, I yeah, it. those those would probably have to be the two. Yeah, awesome, man. And uh, what's, so you got the crown jewels is the life-size one. What's next in line? Cause I've heard that before. What's like another favorite piece of yours? Another favorite piece, it would have to be the very first life-size statue I got, which was um, the United States life-size Halo 2 statue. And been looking for one for years, finally found one on Craigslist and was talking to the guy and finally and found out that it was actually located like two doors down from where my mom was staying at at the time. Oh, it was wow. in Denver, Colorado. She was vis visiting a friend and I called her up and was like, run next door, front me $600, please. Cause if you don't, this guy's going to put it out in his garage sale. He's going to open up in like an hour. Yeah. And she was all thrilled about it. She loves being a part of all this, this gaming stuff with me. So she scrambled down there. She picked it up and she ended up canceling her flight. She picked up a U-Haul and drove that thing back home. Oh. So really, really nostalgic, nostalgic. And, and I've got some family ties with that piece. So yeah, that, yeah. Um, if, if anything were to ever happen, that'll probably be the very last piece that'll go. Cause I just, I can't bring myself to do anything else with it. Yeah. So that's the legendary, the, the mama legendary 117 coming yep. there. <laughs> oh man, that's absolutely awesome. So take me through gaming for yourself. Um, how old are you at the moment? I'm 32, just turned 32. Awesome, man. I love that. And so how long have you been gaming? Is, is, have you, were you like growing up playing video games? Yeah, just far back as I, as I can remember going all the way back to when I was a toddler and I was playing video games. Yeah. What was the, what was it back then? What were the games you were playing? Uh, a lot of the time I was, I grew up as a Nintendo kid and, you know, I played some other stuff here and there, um, a little bit on Atari, a little bit with Sega, uh, spent some time on the Dreamcast, but it was mostly Nintendo. Um, and it didn't actually switch over until Xbox came out, um, with Halo. And it was a decent mix between, um, Nintendo 64, GameCube and Xbox. But then as we got closer to Halo 2, it almost came, became exclusively, uh, Xbox. And so what was, what was Nintendo? Is it mainly like Mario stuff, like uh, Mario 64? Was it like Yoshi's Island or was it, you know, other games? Yoshi's Island, um, the Mario Brothers, Nintendo 64, love that system. That's yeah. where I really started to get into like multiplayer and, and playing with friends in the whole land parties and tournaments and things like that. Um, GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, um, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon yeah. Snap, just anything that was multiplayer based that I could kind of justify either having people over to play games with or uh, host a tournament for. Yeah, awesome, man. So you were you you started like kind of hosting tournaments and stuff as well, or was it just like getting friends over for a land? It, it was a mixture of both. Um, you know, growing up playing video games, I always liked to. You know, we we were always talking about games, and yeah. we always talked about you know it'd be cool to go to tournaments and conventions and things like that, and. It was always talk, but when it actually came time to actually try and do something, nobody really wanted to put in the work. You know, as gamers, we talk about that sort of stuff and we want to attend things. But then when you realize how much work actually goes into an event, it's like, eh, maybe not. Um, I've always prided, prided myself on putting in the blood, sweat and tears to post up to host those events so mm -hmm. like starting with the nintendo 64 i'd use my allowance money to pick up booster packs of pokemon cards which then i would go and use for prizes for super smash brothers tournaments um super smash brothers and, and uh, pokemon stadium and then that eventually evolved into halo on xbox where it started becoming um games a little bit of cash here and there and just kind of went on from there they just kind of grew up and um as xbox live became a bigger 
part of the multiplayer scene so did the the lands and the tournaments yeah man that's that's awesome and so how how old were you when you started kind of putting together those lands and those tournaments nine or ten years old and i had to fight tooth and nail for it because you know my parents uh were at the time when i was a kid or the stereotypical you know you can't play video games they just they're gonna rot your brain you're never gonna get anywhere in life with it um until i finally convinced them to to let me prove it to you and i post or i uh hosted a super smash brothers tournament at a youth center it was on a military base because we were stationed in south korea at the time and uh, it was the only real place where we could actually have space and, you know, a whole bunch of kids over wouldn't be that big of a deal. Had a booster box of Pokemon cards. It was 36 packs that we split up between the top five placements. And my parents were just like, huh? Like, he seriously organized all this and all these yeah. kids came just to play in this tournament. Yeah. So at that point on, they kind of just backed off a little bit. And they, they still had some skepticism, but um, it'll eventually go away as, as uh, I continue to kind of prove them wrong and show that this was a legitimate thing. And it was... Uh, it was going to go places. <laughs> okay. So wait, so did you, you grew up in South Korea? No, let me, uh, my dad was actually Air Force. He's retired Air Force. And would, we were stationed in uh, South Korea, Osan Air Force Base from 2000 to 2002. It's the only time I was actually lived outside of the United States. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where a lot of my, my gaming roots with tournaments and lands and stuff really, really started and flourished from there. Yeah. What was it like being in, in South Korea for those years? Man, it uh, out of all of the uh, the bases that we lived at, and we were moving around like every year or two. Yeah. South Korea was the best, like yeah. the best two years of my life. It was a blast growing up there. Met a lot of friends. Um, took Taekwondo for two years, and uh, my Taekwondo master was actually Master Moon, and he's actually the same guy who actually taught um, Chuck Norris back in the day. No he's, way. He's like ninety some years old now, and he's still teaching the same stuff. Uh, to this day so that that was pretty cool to to be under his um his uh, instruction and actually get my black belt just days before we ended up coming back to the states man that's that's an awesome story and so okay where other what other places what other bases did you live at because it sounds like that i mean that's one hell of a life to have going from air force base to air force base you know learning from the same guy that uh, instructed chuck norris uh getting a black belt in taekwondo organizing mm -hmm. lands when you're like 10 years old man um what yeah what other bases did you live at the so before Last station was off at Air Force Base in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska here. Before that, it was Osan from 2000 to 2002. And then from there, memory serves me right. I think we were at Andrews Air Force Base in Virginia. And then was it Goodfellow, I think it was, in San Angelo, Texas? And anything before that, it, I just, I can't remember. It's yeah. too far back. <laughs> yeah. And so how, how did schooling work? Did we were, were you homeschooled school, or did you move schools every time as well? It moved schools every single time. I had a little bit of homeschooling here and there, but um, for the most part, it was just moving schools. Yeah. How did you find that? Was it difficult to make new friends at each school? Oh, yeah. It was... Um, really really difficult that social anxiety sort of thing i think a lot of people kind of know where i'm coming from because I, I feel like that's kind of almost the norm mm. these days um and this was back you know before we had social media so it's not like you could hit somebody up on facebook or myspace or whatever um it was just you know you give them a call at one point in time maybe they remember you but yeah um yeah it uh, it was it was pretty hard to uh, to overcome that especially hosting tournaments and lands but i think hosting those events really kind of helped get rid of that that fear and that anxiety yeah 
And so do you think that um, playing computer games was a, a pretty good, easy way or was that was that how you kind of made friends at joining each new school was finding other people that had similar interests or yeah and and until it was it was a mix of video games and like Pokemon Pokemon and like Dragon Ball Z and like anime and stuff that was just starting to be introduced to the United States um yeah going all the way back to like Goodfellow um down in Texas that, that uh, was always kind of the go-to thing it's like when you saw a kid with with Pokemon cards or something like that it's like you already got something you can you can talk about and you know what you're talking about yeah it just kind of becomes a bonding point at that at uh, that point and you know see where it goes yeah for sure actually speaking of Pokemon cards I just I just got this in the mail from yes. uh, one of my one of my girlfriend's friends my girlfriend's not a gamer at all um actually i've been getting her to play overcooked recently i don't know if you've, you've heard of that game yes love overcooked yeah. such a great game heaps of fun and uh trying to get her just involved in the gaming side of things because obviously i do all this stuff for divine mind but then i play as as hydrizny and do all of my content creation as well um yeah. and we were at a, at a at a little gathering um a few weeks ago and one of her friends said that she does marketing for um for a company uh, and Pokemon is one of their clients. So Pokemon no are always sending them cards and t-shirts and, you know, oh, like, that's cool. And she, and she's got no interest in it. And I was like, yeah, excuse me, send it. This yeah. So, Hook me up. <laughs> yeah. Got so much nostalgia with Pokemon. So, um, and I think, you know, I was, uh, growing up kind of very similar. Um, I, found it really difficult to make friends when I went from high school from from primary school to high school and I had to change schools and um, literally I think the majority of the friends that I made my entire life were from either sport like swimming um, mm -hmm. or Pokemon and computer games and yeah. uh, I think it's such a I think that's such a wonderful thing to be able to do but even you know back then it was more that you know nerds played computer games and kind of you know you had two kind of you know you're trying not well for me anyway I was trying to be one of the cool kids but also didn't want like everyone to know that I was playing as much computer yeah. games as I was you know that kind of whole thing but um, in, in the end you know here we are I'm almost 30 now as well and uh, I'm trying to make a career in gaming so um, it's funny how, how that kind of does a full a full loop um, across life but um, all right so run me through when did you how old were you when you finally got to a place that was okay this is where we're kind of staying now did was it because your dad retired from the air force or yeah he um, we were here for about a year and he had he got orders that were going to require him to go back overseas and I think it was Okinawa Japan um, but we had we had literally just settled in here and uh, I wasn't too thrilled about going back overseas and basically being at three different high schools over my, you know, the four years you're supposed to be in high school. Mm. And uh, none of us were really thrilled about it. And was like, well, the family could stay here, but then he could go serve for another year. And he wasn't thrilled about that as either. So he decided he was just going to go ahead and retire. And um, yeah, we just kind of ended up sticking around here. You know, it's, uh, it's not too big. It's not too small and ended up really falling in love with this place. Yeah. So wh whereabouts are you now? What, what's that? Uh, we're still in Nebraska. We're in the uh, Omaha area. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to go there yet, man. Like when I came over from Australia, I had big plans to go and do mm -hmm. full tours of uh, America and go to all the lands and all that type of thing. But uh, COVID obviously made that a little bit more tough. So yeah. Um, okay. So when, when, how, how old were you when that happened? That was 2003. So freshman year of, yeah, freshman year of high school. Yeah. Did so you did teenager? You, yeah, yeah. Did you when you finished high school and everything? Did you go on and do stuff at university as well? I went it, the traditional college route. I uh, went to a little school out in the middle of nowhere called Wayne State College. 
Um, didn't do so hot my freshman year, kind of flunked out. <laughs> uh, ended up coming back home and uh, started working my tail off. And I actually started up my business as well, uh, hosting lands and tournaments. So I would work all week. And then Friday night was the prep and everything for the tournament or the whatever the event was. Saturday would usually be 18 hours of running the event. Sunday was shut down and clean up, get a little bit of rest, and then do it all over again the next week. Wow. That's so, awesome. so, and so is that, is that still what you do now? It used to be. Um, I won't go on the whole spiel, but uh, it kind of took a uh, turn for the worst, I guess, when the Xbox One came out because it requires that everybody uh, have an Xbox Live gamer tag. And everything that we did was, you know, it was LAN. It, you didn't need internet for anything. You could set up, you know, whatever tag that you wanted and you were good to go. Yeah. Um, since that happened, you know, we had a few tournaments. We had League of Legends, Super Smash Brothers. We had a couple of big ones, actually. One of the world's best players, uh, Mewtwo King, actually came out here to Nebraska of all places and competed yeah. twice. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. But Xbox for the most part, unless we're rolling old school, uh, original Xboxes and 360s, we don't do too much anymore just because it is so hard and difficult to get enough internet bandwidth to basically have 16 plus consoles that are able to run on tournaments, let alone anybody else who brings their own setup and, and just kind of wants to kick it and play games. So. Yeah, I feel, you. I feel you on that, man. I've only done the uh, online tournaments with Divine Mind and even mm. that man was uh, was tough. And, uh, you know, it was just, just me sitting behind a computer messaging like all these people. So I can't imagine what it'd been like for you in real life with people running around everywhere, trying to get things done, <laughs> trying to get yeah. things done, get sorted. And also just the, um, the making sure that you have the right amount of stuff so there's games actually going on at the right times and everything as well um yeah so what's the biggest event that you think you've held biggest event without a doubt uh was called camp nerdtron um we were actually co-hosting that with um another local group but our venue was where everything was at 700 plus people showed up wow. uh i think the total uh setups that we had in terms of like gaming rigs consoles handhelds and pcs was just a hair over 300 um, we had Halo tournaments, League of Legends, StarCraft. Um, I think there was a couple of Pokemon tournaments. Awesome. And um, we had a cosplay contest as well. So, I mean, it was just this, it was almost like a mini convention almost. It had no idea we were going to get that many people out there. And um, it ended up breaking our building, actually. The uh, the plumbing uh, for the downstairs level actually completely crapped out, pun intended. <laughs> so um, we had to move everything upstairs and it was just, uh, it was fun. It, you know, we had some issues, but um, that's kind of what makes the, the events more memorable. And uh, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And so, okay. Um, that's when, when, what are you, what are you doing now? You're not, so you're not doing that anymore. You're doing something else. No, I'm uh, currently working full-time in finance for a local defense contracting business. And then I'm still going to school full-time, still working on my college degree, chipping away at that. Um, so that's, you know, it's taken a little while, but paying for it out of pocket is a lot better than being in crippling debt from student loans. Yeah, so yeah. on the tail end of that, got a few months away before 100% complete with that. And awesome. then uh, streaming about 20 hours a week, working on social media, trying to be a uh, positive influence on the Halo community and um, just land somewhere in the video game industry, whether it's marketing or getting into esports. I would love to start hosting events again, especially. Yeah on the scale that uh, some of these tournaments are with with halo uh apex and Fortnite, um we'll just have to wait and see we're gonna keep yeah. grinding until uh until an opportunity presents itself yeah awesome man what's what just quickly and then i'll move more towards the gaming stuff what what's your um your degree in 
uh, right now it's marketing. It started off as accounting and then it shifted to entrepreneurship to then business management. And then after all of that, it was like, you know what? I'd love to get into marketing. Everything that I've studied up to this point is great, but you know, I don't want to be doing accounting work my entire life. You know, it's yeah. very mundane and, and kind of mind numbing. And it's like, you know, if I have a great job, you know, it won't be terrible, but I'd much, I'd be much happier, you know, in marketing somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And I mean, that's going to be a really powerful degree having going into anything esports wise, because that's half of Absolutely. The, the esports world is, is marketing advertising. So yeah, that, that sounds like it'll work out. Okay, so back to Halo. Halo 1, you were how old when Halo 1 came out? So that was 2001. So what, 10, 11 years old, something like that? Awesome, cool. And then Halo 2 and then Halo 3, were you just playing campaign? Were you on, online playing matchmaking the whole time? Uh, was pretty much matchmaking for the vast majority of it. I would go through campaign. Um, and then once I was done with that, you know, achievement hunting and working on armor unlocks specifically for like Halo 3 with those Vidmaster achievements, went through those more times than I could count with uh, all my Xbox Live buddies at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, the vast majority of my time was definitely on matchmaking. Yeah, awesome. So out of those three, Halo 1, 2, and 3, do you have a preference or a favorite? They're all great, and I'm super nostalgic with all of them, but if I had to pick, I'd have to go with Halo 3. I'm, I'm actually asked that all the time on stream, like what my favorite multiplayer experience is, and it, it would have to be Halo 3. With with the, the beta that we had in 2007, all the hype leading up to the game, and then literally the entire world was playing it mm. on launch day, I, uh, I would definitely have to go with Halo 3. Yeah, awesome. And what, what was your, were you mainly uh, a social kid? Were you in ranks the whole time? Were you doing customs? I, you know, I was a bit more competitive back in the day. And um, I'm glad that I wasn't streaming back then because I wouldn't, not too proud of some of the stuff that would have came out of my mouth back then. But um, yeah, I, I was uh, competitive and casual. I, uh, the max rank that you could get on Halo 3 was a level 50. And then uh, five star general was 5,000 XP. So 5,000 wins actually doubled that. Uh, wow. my main account, I got seven fifties, 10,000 plus XP. And I was just, I was constantly just ripping and grinding through uh, multiplayer whenever I had an opportunity. Yeah, dude, that's hectic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halo, Halo three was my first Halo. And, um, in Australia, it was like this big thing that we actually weren't even sure if you could get a 50 in Australia, like me and my friends from school, because the mm -hmm. connection's so bad. Um, oh, man. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, my business partner for Divine Mind, Fred, actually, is the first 50 that I ever met in real life. Uh, and mm -hmm. he's Australian. And he was he was an absolute beast. He was playing with a, a whole heap of really competitive guys. And um, that's what that's when I got into Halo, was Halo 3 with that exact experience. And That's uh, really cool. I was terrible. You know, when you hand someone a controller that doesn't play games and they can't seem to do the two sticks at the same time, it's kind of uh -huh. like, that was, that was me. And uh, gotcha. yeah, yeah, I feel like I've come a long way since then. So um, what, what are your thoughts on between Halo 3 and then we had obviously, um, you know, like Reach, Halo 4 and mm -hmm. Halo 5. What, what's your thoughts on like that journey and kind of making that transition from Bungie to 343? Um, what do you think went right in that time? You know, I honestly think they did everything right. Um, the biggest roadblock, I think the biggest um, mistake that they made was just leaving the Master Chief Collection, the broken mess that it was from launch. Cause that was, uh, you know, everybody knows that was pretty embarrassing. That, that was one of the worst game launches I think any of us had ever seen. Yeah. And um, I mean, when people talk about that, I mean, we're going all the way back to like ET that 
disastrous game they just buried out in the desert somewhere because it was just so god awful Mm. um multiplayer was fantastic you know the story was fantastic the campaign missions for for four and five um i felt like could have been a little fledged out a little more um four felt like a bit of a chore and five i just you know the whole three quarters of it being focused around fire team osiris which which is a different thing i'm sure we can get into later um you know for the most part they've done a pretty good job you know i don't have any real complaints and the uh you know the people that do it's like you got to remember at the end of the day bungie was going to move on and do their own thing regardless like we're still playing halo today because of 343 industries yeah so yeah fair enough well that's a really good way to to look at it because i think someone that was mainly looking at it from the competitive side um i just kept looking at the literally how hard it was for competitive players to enjoy the game Mm-hmm. Uh, like because i mean i was playing the game and enjoying it as a casual player but then watching competitive players just struggle because they felt like it was super inconsistent and you know the updates for like i think we, we like if we look back now we are i especially cannot believe how much i loved reach and like reach was such a good game and, mm-hmm. and looking back at it i think we kind of took reach for granted and and we gave terrible feedback during that time and then unfortunately i think it flew, flew like kind of went into the other games um mm-hmm. and that's when we started having all of these debates about sprint and and uh and not sprint and classical movement and whatever and and realistically i think we're at the point where like none of that matters we just need a mm-hmm. good game and everybody else will adapt to whatever the movement is sprint no sprint advanced movement no exactly advanced. we just need a good game exactly um, playable consistent um what, what are your thoughts on skill-based matchmaking as well you know, I, I've kind of got mixed mixed feelings about it. Um, I, I really like the skill-based matchmaking system, um, especially going back to like how they did things in Halo 3. And I, you know, I'm not particularly a fan of, of how they work with, with seasons, with the rank resets, but it totally makes sense. You know, if you're on a, a God-tiered level of, of um, skill with Halo, you know, you need to be able to continue to, to prove that, you know, time and time, not just, you know, get there at one point in time and then never touch ranked again and be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I've got this rank. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess it just kind of depends on how competitive you are. I totally get it and totally understand. And, um, you know, it's, it's becoming more obvious comparing Halo 5 competitive to like the Master Chief collection with that skill based in the master chief collection um having the ranks one through 50 it makes it almost impossible to find games in matchmaking compared to halo 5 where you know you've got a couple of different um you've got the the bronze silver gold diamond and then what is it uh, onyx and then champion it's yeah. much easier to find games that way whereas you know if you've never played matchmaking between one and 50 for mcc it's as I'm sure you know, it's impossible to find games. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense. So I don't think it'll be a thing moving forward. They'll probably k- keep the uh, the current model that they've got and we'll just uh, we'll just have to run with it. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think about the skill-based matchmaking though involved in a, in the social playlist, like with the, with the uh, MMR in the background? Do you think that's a good thing? You know, I guess it just depends on the player. You know, it can be it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. I personally, I really don't care for it too much. You know, if it's casual, I really don't care. I just want to have a good time. I want to play with friends and just play Halo for the sake of playing Halo. The stats are all secondary to me. You know, okay. it just to me, it personally, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Okay. So along that kind of journey through all those Halos, at what point did you start thinking, I'm going to make some content around this? Did you start with like a YouTube channel or something like that? Or how did it all start for you? I just, you know, wanted to start sharing my, my passion with, uh, with people on a broader scale, you know, hosting land parties and tournaments was, um, 
was kind of that outlet for me. And yeah. ever since that stopped, it was like, you know what, I want to be able to do this because I drive my friends crazy with it all the time. So it's like, you know what, why not uh, try streaming? You know, I can be a bit of a goofball. I'm not, um, not the, uh, the best player in the world, but I'd like to think I'm fairly entertaining to watch and, and at the very least uh, try and distract people from everything else that's going on in the world. And, um, you know, just, just kind of meet some new people and just share that passion. It's just, just kind of, you know, why not start somewhere? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, I can say from my own personal experience uh, being in your streams, you are super entertaining, but the, the big, big thing about, about your stream is just that feeling that I, when I'm in there watching your stream and in the chat, uh, I feel like I'm a part of like, a, a, I'm hanging out with mates, just playing some Halo. Um, and I love, I love that you have that feeling. Um, we have some people like, uh, if you know Ken or Diadax Hand or Diadax. Um, oh, yeah starting to kind of build a, a similar community, but it's just an overwhelming feeling in your chat and in your community. So, um, you know, prop, props to you, to you for doing that. Um, Thank you. And so that, when you decided to start, that was what, two years ago when you decided to start doing some content creation? Yeah, roughly, roughly two years ago, starting on Mixer, yeah. On Mixer, okay. What was the journey like on Mixer, kind of growing? Did they, did they have like a path to affiliate kind of thing like Twitch does or how was, how was the journey starting on Mixer? You know, starting on Mixer, it was very, very hard and very discouraging. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of streamers that are just starting off are realizing that when, when you're streaming for the first time and you don't really have any social media platforms to go off of, you're literally starting from square one. Mm. It's hard when, you know, the only people tuning into your street are like, or your stream are like your dog, your mom, your dad, like you, you're not really talking to anybody. Yeah. Um, just those viewer numbers being so low, almost non-existent for so long, it can be really discouraging. Um, but you know, you just, you keep pushing, you, you post whatever you can, you clip whatever you can and, and share it on various places. And then slowly, but surely it just kind of builds up. Um, you just gotta, you know, keep it in your mind that if you're, if it's something that you want to do and it, it's a goal, you just, you keep grinding to it and, it and trust that it'll happen in time. Yeah. Well, I love that attitude. And that's something that I preach to all of the younger guys in divine mind as well is just to have that kind of understanding that, when you say, like I use my story as an example, right? I made my YouTube channel when I was posting Halo 3 and Halo Reach content back in 2009, I think the first video I posted, right? Mm -hmm. I posted consistently for a year and then I had friends and family around me be like, Liam, you're wasting so much time going like, you know, do real life. And um, I listened to them. For me, good decision. I had some really great life experiences, put myself in a position to do what I'm doing now um, financially and and uh, you know have some really good business experience because of it. Um, but at the same time, here I am 10 years later, plus 11 years later, 12 years later, uh, wanting to do the same thing again. And so I say to the younger guys, you have to have an understanding that when you're saying, I wanna be a streamer or a content creator, that is a goal that you're setting for like five years. If it happens mm. faster than that, then that's awesome. And, you, and it's probably well-deserved. You probably worked really hard to get that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's not the type of thing where it's going to be like, okay, I'm going to create content now. And then in a few months, there's going to be money coming in. And then, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot to, that happens between uh, starting and getting to that point. So, yeah. um, and you have essentially had to do it twice. So Mixer got to the point where they were closing down um, and then you had, you switched over to Twitch. What was that experience like? You know, initially it was super, super frustrating because when that news broke, it was on Twitter. Like it just, it came out of nowhere. And I, I still remember somebody had brought it up in chat and like, did you hear that mixer shutting down? It was like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what kind of nonsense is that? 
And it was just, I think that that first week, once the news broke, like it was so disheartening for so many people that it was like, what am I going to do now? Especially a lot of the people that made partner status, um, just because it's so hard to get to that point. And it was like, we're going to have to start from square one. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's really unfortunate it happened the way that it did, especially since there are a bunch of streamers that I used to support on Mixer that no longer have a social media uh, presence at all. Like they Mm -hmm. became so discouraged that they just, they completely just gave up on everything. And I don't know where they are and I hope they're all doing well. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was pretty frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. So then you, you decided on Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, there was kind of Facebook gaming, there was Twitch, there's YouTube as mm-hmm. well. Um, Why did you make the decision to go to, to Twitch? Twitch uh, has been around, has been an established platform for quite some time. And uh, looking to see what they had to offer, the, the just getting that subscribe button was uh, was basically the first goal that I wanted to get on Mixer Um, and being able to, to earn the affiliate status on Twitch, which means you get that subscribe button within the first week of streaming exclusively on Twitch was incredibly rewarding because back on Mixer, there was no like stepping stone Um, Twitch. You can get to the affiliate program and then there's the partner program. Um, so there's, there's at least one step there. Mixer, it was like, no, you had to get at least 2000 followers before you had the, uh, the chance to apply for the, uh, partnership program, which would get you the subscribe button, but there was no guarantee because then they'd have to look at your account. They have to look at your content, you know, how much you engage with your community and whatnot. So the fact that I was on that platform for over a year still hadn't achieved that and it shut down only to come over to Twitch and basically achieve that in less than a week. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I wish I would have realized this a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when you were streaming on Mixer towards the end, how many kind of like, what viewership did you have? How many followers did you have? How many people were watching each stream, that type of thing? The, um, I think if memory serves me right, I was sitting in like the 30s and 40s for viewership. Um, follower count was 1,786, 87, something like that when it finally shut down. Um, but I spent a lot of time on Mixer just trying to reach out to as many people as I could, all the tags that I, um, that, uh, I recognized and was like, where are you going? You know, let's, let's continue to support one another. You know, this sucks, but don't be discouraged. Let's, you know, we're all starting from square one. Let's, let's, we'll get through this. You know, it's not the end of the world. So it was, uh, almost scrambling the network as best as you could before, you know, you, you had to basically go and search the internet for these people again. Yeah, definitely. And so then um, you sign into Twitch to do your first stream on Twitch. Mm-hmm. How many people are in their first stream on Twitch? I think I broke double digits. Um, I think that first week, I think I was sitting in the teens mm. somewhere in there um, pretty regularly. And uh, with half of those people being my best friends and my wife, just to kind of help get the viewer numbers up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but everybody slowly started to trickle. And I mean, even last week when we were doing all of our big giveaways, I actually had a couple of people that I had not seen since the Mixer days that finally found the channel. And it mm. was kind of like a big, big reunion. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Because yeah, man, that must have been such a, a hit in one way that uh, you lost half your viewership from having to change platforms. But here we are now, what, pretty much a, a year or so? Roughly, yeah, nine months, something like that. Nine months past uh, that change. And, you know, last week you were, you, were, you were over 100 viewers during your birthday streams and the giveaway streams, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So it goes to show that if you've got that mentality, like of working hard and being in it for the long haul and putting in the right effort, um, it can really make a difference. So that's, uh, that's really awesome. And how, um, how did you feel like the birthday streams went and the giveaways went? Were you happy with how it all unfolded? 
Yeah, it went really well. The uh, the viewer numbers were through the roof, higher than than what I expected, especially on um, the last day, which was kind of to be expected. Just I didn't think that we were going to be sitting in like the 130s and 140s. Wow. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know, we raffled off a digital copy of Halo Infinite at the end of stream last Friday. Um, we had a whole bunch of stuff that we were giving away, but that was like the cream of the crop for the prize. And um, yeah, I was really hoping that uh, all the new followers that I was going to pick up from that week were going to help kind of boost up the average this week moving forward. And that's exactly what's happening. You know, I was sitting in the 40s and 50s, and now I'm kind of averaging um, 60s, pushing 70 now. Yeah. So it uh, it was a great opportunity to meet a whole bunch of new people from the community and just, you know, find some new Halo fans to bring in and uh, entertain and play with. Dude, that's so awesome. And that means you're even closer to partner now. Mm -hmm. So is that, is that the current goal is to try to head towards that? You know, I guess you could call it a goal. You know, if it ends up happening, fantastic, but it's not, you know, the end all be all. I just, I enjoy sharing my passion for Halo and video games with others. You know, if I can get the status, that's great, but, um, you know, go above and beyond, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to, to be somewhere in the gaming industry doing more you know, for, for the esports community, just people in general, I would love to start hosting these things on a, on a larger scale. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds. Awesome, man. But I love your attitude and I, and I love the way that you're doing it. Cause uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been inspirational. It's been the way that Fred and I wanted to do, to work divine mind. And then we found a few people like yourself uh, in the time that we've been looking at content creators and talking to people that have just been like, Hey, look, that's a good example of it, that it works. Uh, yeah. You know? So um, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, I need to hear now the I need to know the story of you and your missus. How'd you guys meet? I need I need I need give me give me like I just want you to give me it all. So she this was back before um we we met through Halo Reach and this was back in what 2012, 2013. Yeah, I always say 2014, but she always Always corrects me because it was I th i'm pretty sure 2012 in any case yeah. she uh she was running a big facebook group called the chicks who play halo and this was back before all the facebook algorithms basically killed most of the facebook groups so she was hosting these game nights like three four times a week full game lobbies just interacting very much what i'm doing now on twitch and um i just joined up one night and uh we continued playing and the game night ended and it slowly started to, to dwindle down and it was like the middle of the night and it just ended up being the two of us and we just continued to play and talk and just had a good time and just kind of hit it off from there it um yeah we ended up playing like every night from that point on and then eventually got to a point where i asked her out and it uh the first year of our relationship was long distance uh it was about a thousand miles between the two of us wow. um only saw each other three times four times in person um very uh very emotional very difficult and then after that first year we finally decided to uh close the distance she packed up everything she moved up here with me and then uh, we finally tied the knot at uh disney world in uh on friday december 13th 2019 so it oh, wow. uh, ended up being the perfect day yeah man what a story i love hearing that so you guys met through playing halo reach at, on a games night you guys yep. start chatting and then you ask her out um, did, when you asked her out, did you know how far away she was? You know, I had a, I had an idea. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be that far, Yeah. but you know, I don't know what it was and it, it's really hard to explain. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it's like, I knew that first night when talking to her with as well as things went that she was the one, 
Like yeah. I just, I just knew it in my bones that it, it was going to work. It wasn't going to be easy, yeah. but she, she was without a doubt the one. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like the first time that you guys met? Did you meet her at the airport or? Did oh she yeah. Uh, met her at the airport and man, I was a nervous wreck. She, uh, she thought it was the funniest thing in the world, but I was, I was so nervous to, to finally, uh, to finally see her. But, um, that first embrace, that first hug and that first kiss was like, Oh my God, that, uh, still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what, what I, 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 to put, put me in the zone of that, you're kind of walking in things going through your head. You're like, is she going to have a, a Spartan helmet on or is she going to yeah. like, you know, like, is this, is she, you know, did you know what she looked like um, by this point? Like, had you guys been sending like pictures and stuff to talk to each other? Like yeah. You know, we, um, it was months after uh, we actually first started playing that that first time we actually met we uh, yeah. we were actually using skype we were actually talking on skype on a regular basis so we knew what what both of us looked like um it just kind of hard to explain it was just you know you even though you know what she looks like and you know what each other looks like it, when you meet in person for that very first time you're still you're still nervous because it's just like you know what if what if this what if that what if this and you know it uh it wasn't too bad. You know, it, uh, once you get past that first initial, you know, Hey, how's it going? And it's like, okay, this is real. You know, this isn't a dream. It, uh, it becomes smooth sailing from there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I love that story. That's, that's something that, uh, I'm going to use that as like the clickbait for, the, for, for this. Podcast. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> No, that's it's seriously, man. That's absolutely magical. And I've heard a few stories now of people, um, that have been met through halo. They've been playing one guy was, a. um, you know, his mate's best man at his wedding, um, you know, and they'd never met each other until the wedding. And oh, wow. uh, I just, I love stories like that because, man, that's like friendships that you build online and through gaming. I think that it's almost easier. It's almost harder to build those friendships because you don't get that face-to-face -face interaction. But then mm -hmm. it's easier because you're really getting someone that's like similar to you, you know? Exactly. Um, and so, oh, man, that's awesome. Okay, so then you guys are dating for uh what like last be what six six years and then you decide that you're going to propose or when did you propose uh i think we yeah we were dating for roughly five years i think it was before i finally popped the question uh it was i asked i i asked her to marry me in the closing seconds of 2018 and then she said yes in the opening seconds of 2019 wow so the timing on that was pretty great i did that in front of friends and family and when uh when the ball dropped in uh New York City we were all at the at my parents house watching that happen and yeah just felt like that was kind of the the perfect you know personal little time to to pop the big one and um yeah that's so. that's awesome man and I've seen some photos from I don't know was it actually at the wedding when you guys had the helmets in front of you and everything as well yes yes the yeah. um you know we since we met through Halo we didn't want to have a full-fledged Halo wedding and um the missus had always wanted to be married you know had always thought fantasized about being married to Disney World so it was like you know what we gotta have Halo involved in some way shape or form so I was like you know what let's just take the helmets um the two helmets they're the Halo 3 legendary edition helmets the green one and then I had one repainted pink that was actually a gift that I gave her uh within our first year of of dating and it was like let's just take them down and we'll have some you know super simple but uh elegant pictures taken and they turned out better than I could have ever thought oh for sure man I, I was thinking about it as well because when I when I mentioned it to my girlfriend I was like you should come and see these pictures because I think I think it's I think they're awesome she was kind of like 
oh, is this going to be like, you know, like a real nerdy wedding? And when she saw them, she was like, oh, that's such a nice way to tribute the way that they've met and the way that their relationship built without it being like way over the top. Yeah, know? like a super completely nerded out, you know, full armor sets and everything. So yeah, yeah. Like you see some of those, uh, you know, married at Maccas or, you know, like those type of um, the, the, the Pokemon proposals with the Pokeball. I mean, I'd probably do yeah. that, but uh, <laughs> love seeing yeah. that stuff. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome, man. Okay, cool. And then, so she's a big part of the stream. I've, I've chatted, what is, her name is Mandy? Mandy, yes. Mandy? Yeah, I've seen her and chatted with her in the stream as well. Um, does she do any content creation herself? You know, she she used to, like I said, when she was running her uh, Chicks Who Play Halo Facebook page, she used to do quite a bit, uh, a lot of the same stuff that I'm doing. She'll create some content and then she kind of used her platform to help out others with um, sharing their content, helping people get discovered, just sharing just awesome, wholesome Halo content, you know, for the world to see. Um, as of right now, not so much. She helps me out quite a bit with what I do with the Legendary 117 on Instagram and um she plays games and whatnot, but not too much in, in terms of content creation. She, uh, she actually works in medical office. So she, uh, she exhausts herself just about every single day. So when she gets home, it's like, she'll help me out a little bit. And then she just wants to kick back, play some games herself. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you can kind of understand how taxing that can be. Oh, for sure. And I think, uh, I think as well, though, it's uh, really important as content creators to make sure that we're still enjoying gaming. I know it sounds a bit silly, but um, yeah, yeah. Being able to take that time, to just be able to just play and and that's why like i was mentioning playing with chloe playing overcooked is just such a good way for me to just remember that it is gaming that i like you know and it's not just um yeah I, it's because it, sometimes we get a, i think a bit distracted by all of the you know try especially when you're really driven and you want really want it um mm -hmm. it, can, it can just be one of those things that you kind of obsess over a little bit um so then so for you in the future now what's the kind of goal what where are you working towards with the content creation I wouldn't say there's a goal necessarily per se. We're just kind of, you know, it's it's been a great platform. You know, streaming on Twitch has been a lot of fun and uh, it's been a great way to continue networking with the Halo community and uh, helping others grow. You know, I want to see Halo be successful and pull the numbers that like Fortnite and League of Legends have just across the board. And uh, I say this all the time on stream. I firmly believe that if, if Halo is going to survive the long run, we as a Halo community need to help each other out as much as we can, right? Like we all want to have the kind of numbers that like Ninja, Dr. Lupo, Trunks, uh, Walshy, all these guys pull on a regular basis. Um, but in order to do so, we have to help each other out, right? Yeah. Like we can't afford to stream 24 seven. So when we're not streaming, you know, let's toss our support behind others yeah. in hopes that they'll continue to do the same thing. So, you know, that's kind of the goal is just to help out as much as I can while sharing my passion. And we'll just see if an opportunity opens up at some point to where, you know, if I can make a living from, from playing video games, that's awesome. You know, I yeah. think everybody would love to do that at some point. Um, but until then, you know, it's, uh, we'll just wait and see what the future holds. Just take it one day at a time. Yeah. I'm going to use this because it's the perfect segue into shouting out something that we just started doing with divine mind. And I'd love for you to be a part of it as well. If you like the sound of it, uh, we just started a thing called the Spotlight Initiative, and the whole okay. purpose of that is we've got a number of streamers and content creators that are all new recruits with Divine Mind, and uh, the quick sum up of that is means anyone that wants to create content for any game, but it's mainly Halo at this point in time, can join as a new recruit, and we just give them advice, we work together to, to uh, make sure that we're staying consistent. A bunch of the guys, if you want to step to level two, there's four things you have to do every single week for three months 
Uh, and if you hit it, you move up to level two, you get more support, you unlock some more stuff all the way up to level four. Level four is when we actually look at signing you as a content creator and you get paid. Okay, so that's, that's the general of that. Uh, but we started getting a lot of people that are coming in at that new recruit level that just lack the motivation or, you know, they get stuck at that just before affiliate stage for a long time. So we, we brought in this spotlight initiative where anyone that wants to be a part of it can, um, but you need to stream at least twice a week on your own accord. Um, okay. And you need to make sure that you're supporting other people's content throughout the time. So visiting streams, chatting, all that type of stuff. If we can see that you're doing that, you go into a list uh, where I cho randomly choose a name out of a hat. Um, and they get put in the spotlight hour. So they get time, they get a, a to choose a time slot of their, whatever's going to work best for them to stream. And we all lock it in, right? So we all join, we're just going to show and hype in the chat, dropping follows if we're not already following them um, and just doing our best to show them what it's like to have 20, 30 people in your stream chatting, just giving you that hype. Um, and I thought, you know, such a good way just to get everybody super motivated. If they get, if you get that one stream, that's just like, boom, this is what it's like to feel, can kind of make you feel like, oh, this is what, this is what I'm working towards. Cause if I could do, yeah. if this is what my stream I could feel like every day. Oh, you know, that's what I want. And so we did our first one last night uh, with Codex Gaming. He's, he's only been streaming for 20 days. Um, he's kind of hit just before that affiliate level. We got him to like an average of, of just, uh, just under 20 viewers. He's, yes. he's peaked at just over 20 viewers. Um, you know, got him to the affiliate on the followers. And, you know, the dude was just hyped, man. Like we he ended up doing a handstand, um, to, you know, to celebrate hitting affiliate on stream. And it was just one of those things where, it kind of feels really good to be trying to bring that to the community. Um, the next yeah. one's an Australian streamer on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, we'd love to have you a part of that as well, if, if that's something that you could see yourself being interested in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's actually something I, I try to do um, is is focus. When I when I wrap up my stream, regardless of how many viewers we've got, I try to go and raid other fellow Halo content creators, um, yeah. whether I'm already following them or they're just completely random. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very rarely I'll go and host a, a big channel like Ubernick or iSpiteful or one of those guys that has got hundreds of thousands of followers. But it's always, you know, like you had said, to go in and find somebody who's just starting off might be discouraged because they're just, they don't have too many viewers. Then all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes out of nowhere, raids them, and all of a sudden they're sitting in like the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And it's like new life. And it's like, oh my God, this feels amazing. And it's just, it's super, super exciting. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I'll, I'll send you a link after this to the, we've got a Discord uh, channel for it. So um, yeah, feel free to jump in there. And people get hyped when they see your name. So even you just being a part of it is going to add like a whole new dimension to that type of thing because they're like wow this guy he's a big deal yes, we love <laughs> you know? that that's fantastic yeah so i love that man um but so so far we've got a really good understanding of i guess the journey and everything we're all kind of looking for halo infinite now at the end of this year in your opinion what are some of the things that just have got to happen for halo infinite to be the success that you know we all want it to be and that it deserves to be to be successful you know i've got i've got a bunch of different things i would love to see but i think in terms of required slash need, which is really, really strong. Um, and without going into any details of it, the book that came out in October, The Shadows of Reach. Yeah. If you haven't read that book, highly suggest doing so. The events that happen in that book leading into Halo Infinite need to be in the game. Mm. Um, whether it's an extended cutscene before we jump into campaign or it's the very first part of the campaign experience needs to be in the game. Um, going back a little bit to Halo 5, this is just my opinion, you know, everybody's going to have their own. I think the reason why the Halo 5 campaign failed, it 
failed in and just kind of flatlined as badly as it did yeah. is because 343 assumed everybody was going to know who Spartan Locke was leading into the campaign. We yeah. had the Nightfall TV show and we had all this information about Nightfall or excuse me, uh, Spartan Locke outside of the Halo games, but the number of people in the community who actually read and pay attention to all the content outside of the games is very small compared to everybody else. So you can't, 343 can't assume that everybody is going to know what happened in the Shadows of Reach and yeah. then start off with the Halo Infinite campaign from there and just move on. Like if that happens again, I just, I feel like it's going to be a very, very similar route to, to what Halo 5 did. So hopefully they've got a way to tie in what happened in the book and the events between the end of Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, and, yeah. and the start of Infinite, because otherwise it's like, I think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed and kind of left scratching their heads like, what the hell's going on here, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely a, a need slash requirement. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And it's one of those things as well that this is going to be, because it's been, what, five, six years now since mm -hmm. uh, Halo 5, this is going to be so many people's first Halo game you know like yeah and so it, the campaign is generally where that love for halo starts and where most people come into it and then you kind of play through it and you go okay well what's small multiplayer and then you go into multiplayer and, and these days it's even more likely for you to kind of start in multiplayer and fall back on campaign and firefight and all those types of things but i think yeah. you're so right if they don't have a storyline that is going to be just super easy from the sign in to, mm -hmm. to clicking a and then it's explained this is the journey we're going on and yep. then you go on that journey you know the character development everything through it is going to be super important as well but so right man because like for myself i'm a halo fan but i came in at halo 3 right then when mm -hmm. I played through, like I loved Reach's campaign and I loved a whole heap of stuff that they did with Reach. And then Halo 4, I was kind of like, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit lost. And then Halo 5, I literally haven't even finished it because I just had no idea what was going on. And I, I didn't have any like inv emotional investment to it. And I was so, I didn't know who the new characters were. You yeah. Know, so I think you're so right. From a multiplayer perspective, what are some, what are some needs from the, from the multiplayer side of things? It's not a need, it's more of a want. <laughs> and I know it's a super unpopular unpopular opinion, at least that's what social media wants you to believe. Um, I would really like to see a battle royale game type. I know it's it's very controversial, but it, the, the game type is immensely popular right now. You gotta strike while the iron's hot. And honestly, if you're, you're not a fan of the battle royale game type, that's mm -hmm. fine. As you just said, you know, there's plenty of other things in Halo that you can go and visit. You're not being forced to play it. Um, yep. But like right off the bat, ODST's feet first into hell, like that's already the perfect start. You could replace the storm with, you know, Covenant cruisers glassing the map, or you could have the flood slowly taking, taking over the map with Sentinels picking away at player health that are caught in the infection. Um, you know, I would love to see it happen. I just hope that 343 actually gives it a try. And, you know, all the haters, that's fine. You can hate. That's just let the people that want to actually see it happen, enjoy it. You yeah. know, so um, in terms of what I think it needs, um, and I think they already confirmed was kind of that Halo Reach depth customization um, with, you know, from head to toe, like every aspect of your armor, the color, how you want to go about doing things. Um, which again, I'm pretty sure they already confirmed is going to be a thing in Infinite. Uh, it's yeah. definitely going to on that need list. Yeah, yeah. I think they nailed that. And I think the more customization you can get, um, yeah, I think, hang on, I want to go back to the, the uh, Battle Royale because everything you just said then, man, if that can happen, like does, does, it just... It just said that just even just hearing that gave me some goosebumps, you know, because it's like that that's exactly like, again, being some people's first Halo game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a big thing that like old school 
uh, fans have to realize is that, you know, it's not going to be the people that are complaining about the game. They're going to make the population. It's the new wave of players that are playing the Fortnites and playing the war zones and stuff. They're going to make a decision that they enjoy Halo more. Exactly. That's a big way that you've got to shift your mind frame is everyone that's telling you, I want sprint. I don't want sprint. I want this or whatever old school. And you probably Mm -hmm. growing up and a lot of people have moved on. Like a bunch of mates that I got into Halo with don't play Halo at all anymore. Right. And I can't see them coming back to play infinite. It's going to be the younger Mm -hmm. generation, but that battle Royale idea, you know, the, uh, the last podcast I did uh, with Jersey one, he said the exact same thing, the ODST you're dropping in, you know, you can kind of move it around the map. You land. I love what you're saying. The Sentinels kind of picking people off. If you're in there causing damage in the storm or the flood kind of coming in some awesome ideas. Um, And so what, what do you see though? Let's say that they take a slight twist on the battle Royale because I had this uh, dream the other night. This is a little bit weird, but I had this dream the other night that they had a constant battlefield, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like a, a constant battlefield that was updated by uh, like every single hour, right? And players would go into the battlefield, load into the battlefield. Obviously there's multiple servers for the battlefield, but it was reflected in, in one giant, um, like, you know, you could kind of check in and see what the progression was at. Mm-hmm. And there was like slightly different factions that you could be a part of that you held down parts of the map. And so, you, you know, people would be like in say faction one and you'd be kind of going through and progressing through this part of the map to take over a strong point on the map. And then and it was just this constant progression of, you know, some teams, everyone's kind of fighting each other. I don't know. I, don't know. I just thought there's so much that they can do with it that it's dangerous that, um, that if they just, you know, nail the right things, even if it's as simple as just putting in a battle Royale, um, yeah. it'll be an awesome, awesome way for it to go. But agree with the customization side of thing battle royale would be would be huge how do how else do you see the battle royale working you know there's a bunch of different things that they could do you know it's kind of hard to think of of something that a a previous game hasn't already done i guess the bottom line is as long as it still feels like halo at the end of the day that's all that really matters i mean you're going to obviously going to have to take inspiration from from all the other games that have been successful um one of the things that i thought was cool i don't know if you're familiar with apex legends at all yeah um the armor system like when nobody starts off with any armor and it's all based on how much damage you inflict it's mm. the same thing you could drop onto the map as like a unsc marine and then you know you get up to the uh let's just say level one you actually have armor level two would be like odst level three would be you know your standard spartan armor and then the red armor would be like there's only one or two per match and it could be like master chief and spartan lock each one would have you know different abilities um you know extra damage extra speed or whatever you could put in linda just all the other you know established spartans you know just as kind of that that go-to like this is what you want to gun for sort of thing yeah um but yeah you know as long as it just feels like halo at the end of the day i think that's that's going to be the most important part of that yeah 100 percent. and i look i've got I've got faith. Um, I just, the, the big thing that I think they need, they need to nail with infinite is transparency when the game game comes out, you know, like yep. th- this is what we intended. And like, if something doesn't work, just oh, please take ownership over it and say that yeah. didn't work. We're going to change it. Yeah. Um, because in the high, in, in the past, they've been really bad at just remaining silent on an issue. Um, and, and, people just want transparency they just want people to say they just want anyone to take ownership you know like at the moment the halo 5 servers are just all over the shop and it's silence but if mm-hmm. someone could just say hey this halo 5 servers are a little bit all over the shop because we're actually working on something to do with halo infinite you know mm-hmm. maybe a beta or something and we had to tweak some things in the servers if someone just said something like that in a tweet everyone would be like all right fair enough we can put up with it for a little bit 
but the yeah. silence makes everyone go why what's going on yeah exactly yeah, what's, what's happening but um we, we'll head now to, to wrap up i think we've, we've gone through a lot it's about bad we're at, reaching that hour mark as well um and uh, i know you've got plenty of things to do so the way that we kind of like to finish up is um same questions that i ask everybody and that's if you look at a dream vision for yourself uh, as, a, as, a, as an individual, uh, maybe even five years from now, what does that dream version of you look like? Are you someone that is, you know, I know that you like running and weightlifting. Are you someone that's like nailing that side of your life more than what you are now? Um, you know, do you have you got kids that are into Halo? You know, are you, what's that dream version um, of Tom Garrett look like? Dream version. Uh, we're in a different place. Uh, the missus and I have got a couple of kids and uh, would love to to just continue doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, if I could get to a point where I'm playing Halo on a daily basis and I'm able to pay the bills and then some from mm -hmm. what I'm doing while continuing to help out people within the Halo community. Um, you know, you talk about dream. I would love to get to a point where like Ninja is, for instance, mm, yeah. pulling in tens of thousands of people. But then on a daily basis, you know, once we wrap up with stream, go in and continue to help out other content creators, you know, somebody who's just streaming Halo for the first time, like doesn't expect anything. And then bam, you know, here's a raid and here's 10,000 people yeah. bringing in all this love and support. And I just, I would love to do that across the board. You know, Halo is always going to be number one, but just the gaming industry in general, you know, regardless of what game it is or, or what we may be playing at the time, whatever's popular. I just, I want to help people be successful and, you know, share their passion. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So. 100%. Cool. I love that vision for you, man. <laughs> um, and for anyone that's that's made it this far into the podcast, thank you for watching. You're going to be able to find the links to everything that Tom does in the description, whether you're listening to this on your favorite podcast stream uh, or you're watching it on YouTube, everything will be in the description. Go and check him out. Show him as much love as possible. There's a very, very high chance that he's going to return that love for you as well. So Absolutely. So yeah, the links will all be in the description. Um, the last kind of question that I, that I ask every single person as well is there someone in the community that you know or you support and you talk to regularly that you think would add value to the conversation that we should invite on as a as a podcast guest uh you know being being based um you know when i originally heard of you guys i thought you were completely based out of uh, australia and uh the first person that comes to mind that i've been talking to quite a bit he's amazing is uh, didax hand really enjoy spending time with him watching his content playing games with him he's a really great guy um, and two other guys, uh, excuse me, a couple that have actually been supporting me almost since day one when I started streaming. Um, they're based out of the UK. They go by Zog and Ulok. Um, they literally just started streaming this week. It's something that they're starting to kind of test the waters with. They're working out the kinks and whatnot. Um, I think they'd be a lot of fun to have uh, to interview and kind of talk to as well. So definitely, uh, definitely be sure to check them out. Excellent. Well, I'll be in their DMs. I'll be checking them out. Ken is, uh, Ken's already got an interview on, on Ken, here because... Yes. Uh, he, he was the first person in the Vine Mind to step up from uh, a new recruit to level two. So uh, he's already got his there. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from him in the channel with that guy's attitude and his work ethic. So for sure, um, I'll get the ats of the other two guys from you as well. And I'll hit them up because it'd be good to, to chat with them, get an inside look on what it's like starting up and uh, what being a part of your community has been like for them. So um, thank you so much for being a part of it. Before we finish up, is there anything else you wanted to add or talk about or any questions that you had for me? I don't think so. Just if you've tuned in, I appreciate uh, appreciate the time. And if um, you're streaming Halo or if you're in the Halo community, please be sure to take that time and support one another. You know, we got to keep the Halo community hype going nice and strong. And uh, you see any of the fights or any of the nonsense, the negativity, just just push it to the side. Don't don't uh, don't 
fuel, don't fuel the fire. Let's just, let's step, focus on the, uh, the positive things and uh, let's all just stay super hyped for Halo Infinite. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing, man, for sure. So uh, like Tom said, thank you so much for everybody that was watching and being a part of the podcast. Um, if there's any questions that I didn't ask, if you've got any feedback for the podcast, leave it in a comment below. I read through every single comment. I make sure that if there's anything I can do to improve the content for you guys so that it's more valuable and you enjoy it more, I will do it. So leave a comment. Let me know what you think. If you want to find Tom, like I said, the description, there's going to be a link for everything you possibly find him on on there um, if you're not already following up with divine minds i'll have it underneath tom's so you can jump in you can be a part of that as well and like you said make sure that we're all supporting each other and being a part of the halo community because it's the only way that halo is going to thrive is if we help it thrive so absolutely um yeah help it thrive to keep it alive i think that, that kind of works as a little rhyme yeah it works yeah. that's perfect <laughs> yeah well thanks again guys i'll see you guys in the next episode of the podcast have a fantastic day thanks guys Thank you.